to Lamed Zayin. We're at the bottom of the page on Lamed Vav Mebeis. And we're at the section, we're going back to the Mishnah, quoting the Mishnah, that one of the things that even though there's, he prohibited to, for himself from benefiting from the other person, that other person is allowed to teach him um, Midrash, Halachos, and Agados, but he cannot teach him Mikra, which is reading, Torah. Okay? So we'll get to what the, that's a lot of questions on this, so let's see. We'll start it up right now. Lamdo Midrash, Halachos, Agados. He's allowed to teach him all these things. Avalo yil medenu mikra, but you can't teach him mikra. What's the deal? So mikra my time alo yil amdenu. What's the wrong with teaching him chomish? Why is it not forbidden if he prohibited himself from benefiting from me? I'm not allowed to teach him chomish. I can teach him anything but chomish. All Torah can teach him, just not chomish. What's wrong with that? Mishum de kamanile, because that's called giving him benefit. Well, if that's the case, Midrash If I teach him Midrash, Drashos, they teach him Halachas, Agadis, isn't that also benefiting him? Amr Shmuel, you're absolutely right, but we're talking about we're in a location where the custom is that the Rebbeim take wages for Mikra, for the teaching of Chomish. But they're not taking any wages for Midrash. In other words, if the custom is to take to not take schar at all, not take any wages at all from a person, so then he would even be allowed to teach a mikra. But if we're in a place where people do, the custom is to take wages for teaching how to read chomish, so then um, that then then you can't teach him because then it's saving him the money that he would have to pay. That's called benefiting him. You understand? But if uh, but if it's anyway for free. So then, not. And the custom in this town is for Mikra, they take wages, but not for Midrash. So the Gemara says, my Paska. Why is it that this is how they would split up in the town, that for Mikra they take wages and not for Midrash and Alachas? HaKamash Mulan is teaching us this. Even if they take wages for teaching Torah, only ala mikra shor The actual hatter is only for teaching chomish that you're allowed to take money. Ala midrash lo shor But for midrash, other things you're not allowed to take schar. You're not allowed to be paid. So the rebbeim are not allowed to be paid for teaching Torah. That's the bottom line. But it depends which part. The chomish itself, they are allowed to be paid. But the other stuff, the more advanced stuff, you're not allowed to be paid for teaching Torah. Now, We'll see, there's more Mepharshim talk about this, but that's the discussion here. So the question is, what's the difference? Why am I not allowed to take wages as a teacher for teaching Torah, Gemaras, whatever, Drashos? Because the Pasuk says in Devarim, God commanded me at that time to teach you. I am look. I am teaching you all the laws and the statutes, like God commanded me. What does that mean? Like God commanded me? Well, when Moshe went to Hashem to learn Torah from God, did he have to pay God any wages for learning, for teaching him the Torah? No. And that's what that message is. Just like God taught me for free. So afatem nami bechinam so too, when I give over to you, it's for free, and uh, so on and so forth. 
when passing on the Mesorah of Torah, uh, it's for free. So uh, Rebbe is like God? No, but that's what we're saying. But we're saying it. Yeah, it's a good question. Obviously, God is, uh, no, there's no way to even pay God. Right, there's no way to pay God. We'll see. There's, we'll get to what next step. I just, I want to say focus on this. There's a message over here that it has to be taught for free. Now, question is, so why is Chumash different? Chumash is also part of Torah. So if I'm not allowed to charge for Torah, what's the difference? So Rav Amar, you're absolutely right. When you're teaching Chumash, typically, you're teaching young children, and what you're being paid for is not, it's for not the Torah that you're teaching, but Schar Shimar, the, the, the watching the kids, you know? You have to babysitting parts. When, the, when they're not learning, and you have to keep them in line, and that, that's where the Rebbe needs to be paid for. So it's the discipline that they're paid for, it's for the other factors, when, but the actual Torah teaching, that's not what the payment is for. That you're not allowed to charge for, even when it comes to Chumash. That's how Rav understands. Rabbi Yochanan Amar Schar Pisuk Ta'amim. What he's being paid for is the ancillary part of what he's teaching and reading, which is the Pisuk Ta'amim. Pisuk Ta'amim is the cantillations, the trap, and other things like that. And I will see that basically Rabbi Yochanan's opinion is, is that that part is not really from the Torah. It came later, the, the Nigunim, how to lay in the Torah. And therefore, it's not actually, um, you're allowed to charge for that. That's really is, what it's... Is it says. written the Gunim or what they learn now from the Gunim? No, Pisuk Ta'amim. It sounds like Pisuk Ta'amim is like how they split up the, the you know, it's, 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 it's the Nagunim, it's the Ta'amim, it's all the various cantillations. That teaching, you're allowed to charge for it because it's not part of the Torah, according to Rabbi Yochanan. We'll see more about lessons are perfectly... By mitzvah lessons, you could charge for it, yeah. So we started that... The you are, I'm sorry, I'm trying to formulate my question. Uh, we started saying that uh, you, are, you are not allowed to teach... Uh, to charge money to, to teach on, on Midrash, on... on, on Other Agala, things. But for on, reading I could charge, just okay. teaching Chumash. Can we say that Chumash is less important than the other... No, that's not what we're saying. Of course, no, 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 but I'm asking. No, I understand. That's not what we're saying. The idea is the reason why you are allowed to charge for Chumash is because it's, a, it's, it's usually... So it depends who you ask. According to Rav, it's because usually Chumash is young children and you're busy trying to discipline them. And that's why you could charge. That's what you're paying and you're yeah, paid for. That's, that's not my question. Yeah, what is Before your learning that Chumash, you can have a parnose out of it. In the, in the thing that we mentioned, Agatha, Midrash, Chumash, it's, uh, it's less important, it's important. than all the other... Uh, Why would you say that? that we're not no, no, I'm that. asking. No, I'm not understanding. Chumash is more important. It's the Torah. It's the Agatha basics. It's just the stories, it's the, it, it, we're not saying it's any less important. We're, saying, we're yeah. saying that you're allowed to. We're saying you're allowed to charge for that. You're not allowed to charge for this. But it's all part of Torah. We're not saying it's any lighter, less of a part of Torah than the other part. But you're allowed to charge a student to teach Chumash. You're not allowed to charge a student to teach any other, other parts of Torah. 
What's the difference? Because so we're, we're depends who you're asking. If you ask Rav, he'll say the only difference is is because in Chumash, it's usually younger children, and for young children, there's a lot of discipline that's involved. There's you know you have to do a lot of things. You have to entertain the children before you teach even one word. You have to get them into it. You have to sing songs. That's what you're getting paid for. With the actual teaching, it's only a, you know, a fraction of the time. You're not really getting paid for that. That's how Rav understands. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, the reason why you're allowed to take money for a Chomish is because there's a component of Chomish that's not from the Torah. And that's Pisuk Ta'amim. The cantillations, that's the rabbinic. And, or not rabbinic, it's Minhag. I don't know exactly where it comes from, but it's well, not from the Torah. Saying? Well, we'll see in a second. That's the, no. we'll get, you're right, that's one opinion. Okay, oh. we'll get there. So that's Halach Moshe Anyway, bottom line is, that's the explanation. So we'll see more about this. Okay. Well, we're not done with this topic. Now, you know, if, you know, just to get to, to clarify things, the the Gemara brings the, uh, the Ram brings down from the Yerushalmi that I don't know if you noticed, but uh, most Rebbeim are getting paid something most of the time. Question is, how is that legal? Is that is that counter? Is that against Halacha? No. So the explanation is is that they're entitled to regardless, what's called schar batala, which means they they could have been gainfully employed during this time doing something else. They could be making money somewhere else. I and, that. <laughs> some rebellion. Some rebellion might be right. <laughs> I mean, and some they, of them are geshek. They, they could, could make be, money. They could be doing something else that would make them more money. Money. So you're allowed, to, you're allowed to pay them for the loss of their earnings that they could have made elsewhere. Not to be profitable, not to make extra money, but what they're losing in wages for doing something else because of the time so you're just paying them for their time. You're not paying them for the teaching. That's basically... The reality is today you're paying them for the discipline. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, a lot of their job is discipline. Okay. Or like you said, babysitting. Okay, but anyway, let's continue. Tanan, we learn in the Mishnah, Mikra, can't teach them Mikra. Now, Bishlama, that's what we said in our Mishnah. You can't teach Mikra because you're entitled to charge for that. If it's like the, 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 the teaching cantillation, that's why you can't teach that. We're talking about an adult over here. If you're teaching an adult Chumash, you don't have to discipline. He wants to learn. So there's no discipline. So how, why is it that I'm not allowed to teach him? I should be allowed to teach him. If the only reason why I'm allowed to charge is because I'm babysitting, well, for adults, you're not babysitting. He's, pay, he's paying attention. He wants to learn. So then, so why not? Why, so I, I should be allowed to teach him because I'm not allowed to charge for that. That's the kasha on Rav. So Gemara says, you're right. It's going on a minor. You're right. We're talking about if the person where there's a vow is a minor, then you would not be allowed to teach him Chumash. So Gemara says, wait a second, we're talking about a minor here? If, it's a, if he's a little boy, that's what we're talking about. Look at the next line. I'm allowed to teach this person's children Chomish. Wait a second. If he's a katan, he can't have children. He's too little. So Gemara says, you're right. You have to fill in. There's more to it. It's like we wrote it in short. This is what's chesur and mechsur. It's missing some words. This is how you have to read it. You're not allowed to teach Chomish who we talking about the Katan. Why? 
because you're, you're allowed to charge wages, and for the discipline, you're entitled to get money. And that's what we're talking about. And that would be benefiting him because you're teaching and not charging him, so he's gaining from you, and that's and he prohibited himself from having benefit. Im but if this is an adult, you can teach him and his children, Mikra. Why can I teach the adult? Because there's no discipline and I'm not allowed to charge for that. And the kids, it's not him, so it's not a problem. That's what's going on. Oh, so Gemara is a question. Maybe we have a question over here. Basic, interesting principles in Chinuch, in education. And it's really relevant to ourselves. Kids, when you're a teacher and you're teaching young children, you're not allowed to teach them the first time Chumash uh, on Shabbos. If you're teaching on Shabbos, you can't teach them a Pasuk that they never saw it before for the first time teaching it on Shabbos. Why? But if it's the first review, that you could do. In other words, as long as they learned it once before, you know, now I'm reviewing, that's okay. But for first time, that takes more concentration, now let it do that on Shabbos. Okay? A father to a child. Talking about any teacher. Anybody. Any teacher. If the kid is learning this for the first time on Shabbos, that's, don't teach it to them that. First teach it once before, and then use Shabbos to review even if it's your first review, that's okay. Now, what's the logic here? If it's you're being paid, what am I being paid for? Is pisuk taimim? I understand why I'm not allowed to do it first time on Shabbos. And so, in other words, what we're assuming is that what I'm being paid to do is teaching, teaching, because I'm being paid. That's the problem. If I'm teaching for the first time how to read, then I'm entitled to take wages, and that's chav pisuk ta'amim, and I'm being, and I'm making money off of Shabbos. So that's what the issue is. That's what we're thinking. So it makes sense if the issue is pisuk, if, if pisuk ta'amim is what I'm allowed to charge for. So if I'm teaching them how to lane it, the pasuk, how to read it with the right trap, so then, I am earning wages on Shabbos, and that's the problem. But if it's a matter of discipline, so what's the difference between B'tchila B'Shabbos? Um, and why am I allowed to teach anything on Shabbos? I'm getting paid for Shabbos. I'm giving Shabbos of Shabbos. You always have to discipline, not only the first time you teach, second time, even for the review, yeah, it's, it's disciplining. Oh, so the answer is, You don't have to, be, it's not necessarily forbidden. In Hilka Shabbos, you're allowed to make money on Shabbos if you know what you're doing, if, if there's a specific way. The schar for Pisuk Shabbos, that's not forbidden. As long as I'm not being paid directly for just Shabbos, it's what's called Havla, it's Muvla, it's swallowed in, in my total wages. In other words, I'm right. That's allowed. What's the case? The time in the Bible says in Socher, it's a Let's say you pay a babysitter. You have a worker. He's char- he's watching the child, the little kid, right? Lishmar is a watching the cow. Lishmar says Ramer to watch the he's a scarecrow, right? He's watching the the plants. He's guard a guard, right? You cannot pay for that for him to do it on Shabbos. However, Lefikah, therefore, 
Avdo is since you can't pay him for Shabbos. If something happens on Shabbos, it's not his responsibility. Because he's like, if he's watching, he's watching for free. Obviously, there's a different level of culpability when you're watching for free, right? Um, it's a Shomer Chinam instead of a Shomer Sachar. If it gets stolen, it's not a, it's no responsibility. However, if he's being paid by the week to watch for the whole week, or for the whole month, or for the whole year, or for the whole seven-year cycle, so then, then I'm allowed to pay him for Shabbos, because, like we said, I'm not paying specifically for Shabbos, it's, it's included in the full payment for the week, or for the payment for the, the month, or the year, or the... So that's called, that's not called Tzachar Shabbos. So what do you do when you hire a babysitter to come over Friday night? That's a problem. He has to do something besides for Shabbos. You're right, absolutely, it's a big problem. The people, a good example of this is people who are paid to lane in a shul. So when they're paid to lane in a shul, they're earning their wages on Shabbos. Isn't that a problem? The answer they say is, is that no, because part of laning is learning how to lane, you know, reviewing it. And that they do during the week, so it's a part of the practice, and therefore they're being paid for also the weekday. It's what's called, again, it's an example of havla. So that's, but if it's something that's only Shabbos, then that's, uh, I'll give you a good example. Let's say the guy was last minute, he wasn't told before Shabbos that he needs to lane. And, you know, you, 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 you hit him up Friday night, he said, look, you need to lane. Then you're going to pay him on Shabbos for having, pay him for having laid on Shabbos when he didn't have a chance to prepare till Shabbos, that would mamish be schar Shabbos. That would be a good example of where it would be a problem. Okay. However, let's... let's we don't pay. We don't pay. Baruch Hashem. I remember, wait, 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 wait. I remember when Marla Minion did pay. <laughs> okay. In, yeah. uh, high school kids. They paid. They used to pay people to come in, whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah. People used to walk. I mean, the caterers hire uh, hire kids. Our waiters, right? Exactly. Uh, but they tell them to clean before and afterwards. That's the system that they do. But you hire babysitter for Friday night because you want to go out. I don't know why. Right. Not. So that's, that's a problem. problem. That is a problem. Absolutely. I don't know why I have the impression. I mean, we said that uh, don't teach your don't teach a child in Shabbos. We'll get to it. We'll get to that he never learned before. Right. We're going to get to why. I, we didn't give the answer yet. Give it a little bit. I don't know why in my mind I'm figuring out that the father is the one who's going to review what the child studied during the week. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what the That's reason is. Review it. It's not for the first time. Right, review is okay, but we'll see why. Maybe for the father. Why the can't first you time. do it the first time? <laughs> That's a big problem. Okay. All right. There's a one second. We're not done with the topic. Okay, we'll get back to it. Um, but you are. We're still explaining that there is no problem. The problem cannot be over here earning money on Shabbos because if it's bavla, if it's swallowed in, then it's fine. Levigach. And therefore, since it's allowed to be paid if it, to include Shabbos, if it's for the whole week as well, or the whole month, or the whole year, or the whole seven-year cycle, sabbatical cycle, so, he's being paid, and therefore he's a Shomer Sachar, including on Shabbos. Because you're being paid for Shabbos, just not directly for Shabbos. It's not allocated specifically on Shabbos. What's the reason why you can't teach for the first time something on Shabbos? Amazing, a very interesting idea. You want 
the father is working hard all week, and the father of these children uh, is now finally available on Shabbos, and he should be spending time with his children. And if you're teaching them a Pasuk for the first time, they're going to not want to miss their Chomish and their Rebbe, and they're not going to spend time with their parents enjoying Shabbos together. And that's what the reason why we don't teach for the first time on Shabbos. Okay? Doesn't sound realistic. But the reason? Is that an interesting that, idea? I, I not realistic. I don't hear that. I understand. I understand. The idea is this. Fathers are, uh, of these children are, op- are, are finally available for the enjoyment of Shabbos. And they spend time playing with their kids. And if you're going to teach the, the children for the uh, possible for the first time then they're not going to want to spend time with their kids. They say, oh, I don't want my kid losing out on the Chomish and not going to spend time with their kids. They want going to send them away to the Rebbe and they should be with their kids on Shabbos. That's what it's saying. It's saying it's a very important thing that the fathers, you know, works all week, he doesn't see his kids. On Shabbos, they should be spending time together. And we don't want them to feel the pressure that I don't want my kids missing out on the Chomish. Let me send them away and not spend my time with them. It's a big thing. Do you understand what it's saying? Yes. That's what it's saying. It's very important that parents spend time with their children on Shabbos. They have time then. Azayidas. Okay, that's one answer. Another reason, also a good reason. You eat ex, uh, more than you're used to on Shabbos. Anybody knows after the Shabbos Mitzvah, they knocks them out. It's like uh, puts you to sleep. And it's in being that it takes extra focus um, to learn a Pasuk for the first time. So therefore, they're not going to be able to concentrate and they won't learn it well. So that's the idea. Once you change your routine, that's where you can start getting stomach problems. So you got to always be careful, eat, this, eat the right way. Okay? Anyway, point being is that's the, another explanation why you shouldn't uh, teach a Pasuk for the first time on Shabbos. If it's a review, it's not the end of the world. But if it's for the first time, it takes extra concentration. And after a heavy meal, you're not going to be able to concentrate so well. Oh. That's more realistic than the first time. Okay, that what spending time with the kids is also realistic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The question is, if the issue is pisuk timeim, my time aloy omer schar shimor. Why does Rabbi Yochanan, who says that it's for pisuk timeim, why didn't he say it's for the babysitting? Because it's talking to daughters also. And you don't know, they're, they're girls are always well behaved. <laughs> so we just think it's only the boys that are issues, but the girls are well behaved. So what's the problem? That's, so I, why is it including even girls? So it must be something other than babysitting. Okay, number one. Because this Rav's opinion is, this cantillation is from the Torah. And that is, we'll see. That's Rav's opinion. My dixit was the pasuk mean when it says, They read the sefer of the sefer Torah of Hashem. Mefurash clearly, v'shum seichel with understanding, with with insight, with with clarity. Of Yavinu b'mikra, they understood the text. Vayikru, what is these? All, what is being referred to over here? Vayikru, b'sefer Torah, that's the straight up suki. 
Mifurosh, the clarity, what does that mean? Zetarkim, that's a translation. Vishum Seichel, what's the Seichel? Elo Apsukim, that's the end of the each Pasuk, to know where the Pasuk begins and ends. Vyavina Bimikra, and then they understood in the readings that piece of time, and that's what these notes are telling you where to put the pauses. And that changes the understanding. That's what Pisik Tamim is. And all that, the Amrila, that's one shot. The Amrila, others say, Elo Amisoros. That's the other part, you know, like what should be written, what should be written out, and what's the Misora. There's a, we have a tradition between the Kri and the Ksiv. So now, Amr of Yitzchak, Mikra Sofrim, the way the Sofrim read, the Itter Sofrim, and the Crowning of the sofrim, which we'll see what those are. Vikrerion vilaksivan, and what's a kriya, not a ksiv, meaning what's we read it, but it's not written down. Oksivan vilakirion, and what's written, but not read, that also exists. All of these things is halachlamash mesine. It comes, like you said, halachlamash mesine. What are, what are examples of these? So it gives examples. Mikra sofrim, that's Eretz uh, Shamayim uh, Mitzrayim. Okay, so like, how do you know, like, to pronounce Shamayim? If you look at the letters, it doesn't say Shamayim. It's, it should be read as Shamim, right? Shamayim, you with a patach, it's like there's an extra letter in there, an aleph, right? Or Mitzrayim. So the pronunciation like that, the how Sofrim teach us how to read the, the words, that's also Allah Hashem Sinai. What is Iter Sofrim? Achar Tavoru, Achar Teilech, Achar Teosef. The Ron explains all those are expressions that really we could have dropped the word achar altogether, um, right? Uh, like uh, like example, one example is uh, uh, when when Avram told the angels, first eat by me and then you'll leave. Now you could say eat by me and leave, and you don't have to say afterwards you will leave. The word afterwards is obviously it's afterwards, okay? So although that is what we call eater sofrim, nevertheless it's still like an extra. Clarity or something. So that's what eater is. Okay? Um, and. Oh, one second. That's an example of an eater sofrim. Okay? Um, it makes the reading nicer. It sounds nicer. Okay? So that's the idea. Okay? Um, and then what's the next one? Um, that's an example of Iter Sofrim. Um, what's uh, ne- or another example? Kidmush Sharim Achar Nogdim, another Achar that's not necessarily. Tzikasacha Karei Kel. I could have just said Harei Kel. What does it mean? Kiharei Kel. Now, what's an example of Kriyan Vilaksivan, where we have a Kri without a Ksiv? So it gives a few examples. Paras de Belechto, Ish de Kasha, Yishal Ish. There's extra words there that we that are not written into the text. We have a tradition that there's you're supposed to introduce a new word that's not written in. Okay, ba'im de nivnisa la de plata es de agid hugad elay da goran elay das orim, and all those are halain kriyan vleksivan. There we read it even though it's not written into the text. And then the Kasvam Vlakirian, what are those? Nod de Yislach. We don't the word na is there, but we don't pronounce we don't read it. Zosta mitzvah, Yidrafta Dorach, and Khamesh de Pas Negev, and the uh, Goel, all of those, Halenk, seven Vakirian, all of those are Xivalakri. So now it's interesting. We happen to have 
the Ran doesn't explain why we're singling out these are examples of a Korean without a Ksiv or a Ksiv without a Kri. We have a number of them um, in the Torah, many of them, but uh, these, some of them, he says, we happen not to have <laughs> a tradition that the Gemara brings down on these, but uh, whatever he says, he just says, but that's, that's just the way it is. But uh, He doesn't explain why particularly these words, but again, the bottom line is, when we've come up across a Pasuk, and it says uh, that you, you read a word here, and we insert a word, even though it's not written in, that's coming from Allah HaMosh Messinai. Or, there's a word there, but don't read it, just ignore it. That's a ksiv without a kri. That's also halach l'mosh mesina, that the word should be written, but not pronounced, not read. Anyway, that's the story. All of these, the Gemara says, is halach l'mosh mesina. All right, stop over here.